0: Hey guys! I know it's been a little minute. I've been um so busy getting a lot of stuff done. I mean, I ain't no Beyonce or nothing, but um, let me lock the car so nobody get in here. Because I have to record sometimes outside, especially when it's a bunch of people in the house and the kids are awake. Oh God, I hate when people text me when I'm recording because you hear that cricket sound, and I don't want y'all to know I got cricket. But now y'all know I got cricket because I told y'all. But um, you know, I I like to get in the car, go to a quiet space so I can really. Articulate what I want to say and express what I want to express, and like I said, I've been busy school work, the kids, you know all that crazy octopus stuff most of us are on nowadays um due to covid but I'm here with good news I mean, for the most part, I always say I do bring good news, it's just um <coughs> pertaining to healing, so you know it might not always be what you want to hear, but it's good news because it's promoting wellness but um once again it's another segment geared towards healing uh full disclaimer if you are tired of me talking about healing childhood trauma and deliverance just get off my stuff because that's a constant thing with my stuff that's what i talk about and I'm, I'm not saying this to um not be inviting but i'm more so trying to weed out the people that aren't um on the same frequency When it pertains to wellness. I'm about wellness. So if that's not your thing. Just just go and cut my stuff off. And make your sneak and post. Okay. But tonight's segment is called chapter 26. Why? Because in 20 minutes. Jasmine will be 26. Unlike any other birthday I've ever had. This one is the most special. And it is not because of materialism. It's not because of gifts or gestures. It's because of what God dropped in my spirit. So I want to start it off saying, you know, there were very few birthdays coming up that I can remember. I would say the most memorable birthday would have to be 98. My mother threw me a Mulan theme party. As a child, I was a Disney head. Um, if you give me Disney movies, you probably wouldn't even know I lived in your house because I would watch so many of them. But that year I was on Mulan Heart, My mother threw me a party. Um it wasn't even so much of the part, you know, the party being everything because I had a Mulan cake. I had but I had a Winnie the Pooh outfit though. That's the crazy part. Why would she put on put on me a Winnie the Pooh outfit and everything else was Mulan down? But it was just so special because all of my family th- my family on my maternal side, they used to get together like my family um on my paternal side. They used to get together like that. Like they were always doing something and included one another, so when my great-grandmother died, there was like a major change, and I felt that, and I noticed that, and I didn't realize for a long time how bad that affected me, but that was one of the most memorable experiences, and other than my grandmother, you know, taking control of my birthdays at some point, she always went out of her maiden, to make the day completely special, I mean even leading up to it, my grandmother would buy me like Barbie perfume, Barbie slippers, I would have like, like, like how everybody is on, um, you know, a lot of these social media um, skin care gurus. My grandmother had me, Avon, down. Every every week, I had a new trinket from Avon. So, that made me, you know, as a child, you don't know what self-worth is. So, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm always thought about, so I must be somebody. And I always did well when I thought well of myself. And I think it's fair to say you're not tripping when you associate self-worth to productivity. But even as a child, I understood, you know, I, I had a I had an idea of what, you know, abandonment was, self, self-love, self self-worth. I just didn't know how to channel it after so many traumatic things. I was often, you know, like disregarded and overlooked for obvious reasons. Like I mentioned, my mom was a child herself when she had me. She was 14, didn't know my dad, blah, blah. If you listen to my story, you know, or my segment, you know what the deal is with that. But as I mentioned before, I've always been a prideful person when it came to my feelings. Um, I'm not like that today. I'm still a work in progress. But for the most part, if I feel a way, you will know. Um, If I'm upset, you will know. If I want to cry, you will know. If I want to do anything from an emotional standpoint today, you will get what you're looking for. However, back then... I was so enraged by abandonment that just the thought of thinking about it and dissecting that issue made me want to zap out, even as a child. So I would just act like, oh, so, but I don't care if nobody likes me or wants to talk to me. I'll play my dolls. And that was a scapegoat and an outlet for me. And I always felt pushed to the side, and it kind of forced me to settle along the way. I never did what normal people would do and that was to celebrate myself. I didn't even know what that looked like because even though my grandmother was always being reassuring and doing things to kind of edify my soul, I also did not see her coming up celebrate herself. And... She paid for that later, and when I saw her go through that process, it was just so confusing because here is somebody I've idolized, and I still idolize, and I don't look at her different for that. It just, once again, goes to show you how much of a good person she is, and that's why I rant and rave about my grandmother. Shout out to you, Grandma. I love you. But my grandmother, that's all she did was make sure other people were good, and then when it came for her, like, forget her birthday, when it just came to taking care of herself, I watched my grandmother go through stress tests, um, she thought she was having a heart attack. I saw her have anxiety attacks. These things all played with my head later on down the road because I, I thought that's the way to go. If if being a good person is my grandma, I want to be that because she gives and gives and gives. Um, I didn't know that it's okay to celebrate yourself. I thought that was cocky. I thought it was arrogant. I thought it was self-absorbed. Like, I was so team other people that it was it was obvious I was not team Jasmine. I would let myself get disrespected, overlooked, downplayed, diminished, simply because I didn't want to. <laughs> I mean, looking back, I don't know why. Why is it so hard? I mean, it's still kind of hard. Like, I do things nowadays where, like, I'll say to myself, Hey, Jazz, how are you? And I was thinking to myself, Jazz. You you're not together in your head. But in all actuality, I'm trying to forge a bond with myself, a bond I've never had. If we can sit up here and talk to our friends and family for hours on end and not make sure we've eaten or gone to the bathroom or whatever, I think we can take time out of our day to take care of ourselves. So that's what I'm trying to do right now in my life, and I want to share with you all about that. So I started disregarding myself around the time... I felt overlooked by my family. So, that was like 2001, 2002. Um, I'm an empath. So, it's natural for other empaths to feel whatever is being projected on us. And at that time when my great-grandmother died, is that a record? At the time when my great-grandmother died, um, her death was so... I didn't realize until I got older because I didn't have a relationship with my great-grandmother. To be honest, I was just telling my sister the other day... I didn't really dig her too tough because I kind of attribute all of our generational curses to her, but that's another topic for another day, and I don't want to piss too many of my family off on my maternal side yet, so (laughs) I'll talk about that another day, trust and believe I will, but when she died, because she's the matriarch, right, kind of like how when the patriarch dies, it's a big deal, it caused a shift, and it wasn't a good one. Uh, I'm sure many of you can relate, you know, family didn't want to talk to other family. But what got me the most, what got me the most is when people stopped coming past the house. I was one of them kids that you see on them little black movies that when somebody would come... Because we lived in Darcy Road. If you're familiar with um, Maryland, Upper Marlboro, we kind of had like a country vibe down there. So, we had acres of land. Like, everybody on that strip was probably related to each other in some way. So, it was people always coming to the house. Like, it wasn't a dull moment. Like, even on the days nobody would come, one person would come. So, like... I, I would hear the car hit the gravel and I would run to the screen, me and my sisters, and we were, Oh my god, that's our here. Or oh, that's that's James at Geneva. Or oh, that's Gigi. That's that's whoever, right? Man, when my great grandmother passed and people stopped coming to the house, I was like, These shady mother lovers. Ain't nobody called, say, hey dog, hey cat, how you doing? Nobody, you know, it it just was so crazy. And when my great grandmother passed, I noticed a lot of things got neglected around the house because people would come down to the house to like cut the grass, plant flowers, you know, bring things. And like, we lost the heat. So it was cold in there. So like, I, I was like, oh my God, like, one person passing can cause all of this heartache and, and feelings of emptiness and, and being alone. Like, oh, God. Like, just the thought of that experience just makes me want to just hit a wall or something because it was so infuriating. But because I never celebrated myself, I didn't even give myself permission to be infuriated. I just said, you know what? Forget them all and forget her, right? Yeah, I was, I was, I was something else as a kid. Heads up, I, The way I am today, I was like that 20 years ago. It's just that I've gotten worse um (laughs) with my great-grandmother passing like I said and no longer seeing the many faces it, it it took a toll on me like I didn't realize it then but oh god it ate me up that it I didn't have my family dynamic no more like it was sad Um, it just made me feel like I wasn't important, and no matter how much people would try to, you know, validate me, I had to get used to new people validating me. So, like, I know that following year I went to school, it used to be another girl named Jasmine on the bus that was older, and she used to say, Hey, Smiley, Smiley, you're so pretty, you're so smart. And I'd be like, Girl, shut up, like, my whole family is ripped apart, and you're up here telling me I'm special, I don't hear none of you, and like. I just oh my god it was just so tough for me and it 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 stayed in my in my mental queue for a long time. Um I went on to believe if I found a safe space so I started to tell myself at an early age, you know what, you should just play it safe. Like 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 just just go where maybe you can blend in and people don't see you and kind of latch on there. So it it fostered a lot of unhealthy and um, demonic soul ties in my life, family or not, friends or not that's that that happened, so I dealt with a lot of like narcissistic relationships where I was always giving, 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 and sacrificing my mental health while they were taking, and I didn't understand that I had my hand in that, you know, by being a kid and just playing into the um narrative that I'm not important, I'm not worthy, and I did that with careers. Friendships, like I said, relationships. Anywhere I could hide, that's where I hid. And I I just wanted to avoid the gut-wrenching pain of abandonment. You can never hide from your demons very long. Eventually, they torment you, which leads to more demons. And they completely infiltrate your spirit. And your spirit is your dimensional, spiritual dimensional name tag. It's your self-worth. Like, that's who you are. So, if you don't have the strength to be... Right, that's your spirit. Your spirit is, is is your strength to be. If you don't have that, you're nothing. Like my spirit, my spiritual name tag, in my opinion, was no name. Like I was, I was, I was someone who kind of had an idea who I was, but I didn't want to tap into that because I knew it meant loving myself. I don't want to love myself because I have nothing around me. Like, like I think I was under the belief. I thought love meant let me take care of everybody in my corner. Let me make sure they're good. Let me get a, a positive feedback from them that they're good, and that be the reassurance that I can love myself. That's what I thought love was. So when people around me weren't happy, and I felt that, I said I can't be happy because they're not happy. That's that, that's just me, and I'm not saying that as a ploy to sell people on me. I don't give a damn who talks to me, who don't. I mean, I would hope if you say you want to be in my life, you want to commit. But if you don't, I respect that, and that's fine too. I don't want no, you know, extra emotional baggage, but. I didn't realize how I I was, I was just in a terrible position where I was constantly serving other people and letting that be a testament to how I felt about myself. And once your spirit is broken, you are prone to more rejection and hurt that can already fuel the belief that you're nothing. And I just, you know, it was hard to identify that. So the only way you can truly break this sort of soul tie is if you go through it. Like, you have to weather it. Abandonment and feeling like you're worthy is one of those scenarios where God says you're going to have to withstand long-suffering. That's something you can't avoid because, remember, the devil wants you to believe you're not important. So, he has, you You kind of have to go through um, scenarios that reassure God's initial um, word that you are worthy because it's it, God wants you to see. It's, it's something out here trying to take you out and you're so special that it's relentless, it won't stop, like it shows up at your doorstep, you can lock your doors and stay in your house all day, and then that calamity will follow you in your house, it's, it's, it's an entity, it's something out of this world trying to take you out of here, and I think we all wonder, at what point does God step in, because I know for me, I was like, dang, I believe in God, I might, I might get angry with God, but, um, At some point, he's going to have to step in here because I don't understand what's going on. And then on those days when he would, in my opinion, wasn't stepping up, Lord, forgive me, I would say, God, you don't see me going through this? What you want me to say to this, God? I I would say stuff like that because I would be like, dang, like I'm getting beat down for being. I don't understand this. Like, Like, Why don't you take me out? That way I don't have to go through it. When I would say that, that's when God would pop up and he would explain to me What my role was. And I'm reminded of a few scriptures. You are love, So that's Romans 8.39. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there's no calamity, there's no flaw, there's no sin, there's nothing you can ever do to break from his embrace if you honor him first. Honoring God first is acknowledging and honoring yourself. And I think that's enough, I think that honoring God, knowing God is synonymous with loving and knowing yourself. And I think that's why we also have this thing where we will do whatever we can to avoid doing both. Because we know that With honoring ourselves and loving ourselves, it's work. It's like wanting a man or a woman so bad, but you don't have the skills or the tools to actually pursue that relationship. You have to know what it takes, and you have to be durable. And that's why, like I said earlier, God has to see you weather those storms. It's not like he's taking delight, and that's my next scripture too. It's not like he's sitting up high like, hmm, (laughs) look at her going through that again. He's not laughing. It's not funny to him. He just wants you to see who you really are. Um, It's not God's fault that you know we tune out his initial whispers I'm pretty sure to all my believers that are listening tonight um I'm pretty sure God has whispered in your ear who you are before and you just didn't want to believe it so if God tells you you tells you you're a lioness and you say God I'm a monkey and you go and start hopping with other monkeys it's not God's fault that you slipped on a banana and broke your head he told you you were a you were a lioness you should be with other lions and lionesses so so like that's on you but I I can relate to that. I purposely used to play it safe, like I mentioned before. I would hang around people I knew were low vibrational just because I didn't have to rise to the occasion myself. And I would always get tested in those environments because for me, some of the things I'm passionate about, I hate bullies. So I would always be friends with a bully. So I'm sitting there uncomfortable. I don't want to say anything because remember, I'm playing no-name jazz. And they would do things to people that were obviously hitting me home that was me. That was my scenario, my story, and I would lose it because I didn't belong. So it would force me to call that person out. And of course, they called me out too, but God dang it, I felt like I was right because I don't, I mean, who, who, I mean, how could you ever justify bullying? Whatever though. So my next scripture is, you have a purpose. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for you. They are good and not disaster. To give you a future and hope. That's Jeremiah 29, 11. So God already knew who you were. You were so important to God that he already ordained you to take certain steps from day one. We just go outside of that when we try. Like like I mentioned to you a few moments ago, me playing it safe, it was not in God's will. God did not create me to play it safe, which is why I think God puts it on me. To speak on my podcast sometimes because he knows I was the perfect person to speak on these particular matters. Because let's be real, a lot of y'all probably hit my podcast and go, This heffa crazy as I don't know what. And, and you know what? Yeah, I agree. Because some of the stuff I'm willing to share, it just wouldn't affect me like it would the next person. And I'm not bragging, I'm just saying, like, I don't really have a filter and I kind of like, I'm like too down to earth. So it's nothing you can really tell me that'll make me judge you uh judge myself because i already did that for a long time so i'm I'm just a pretty i'm open-minded so whatever and more importantly this is zephaniah three all oh, my handwriting y'all i think it's three four <sighs> sorry y'all here i go with my handwriting the lord your god will take delight in you with gladness with his love he will calm all your fears he will re- uh, rejoice with you and with joyful songs so God knows and sees you and you're not alone. As long as you have breath in your body, that's that's a testament to God being there. So whenever you feel like you, know, you don't have anyone, he's there. I remember when I was a child and I was screaming for my mom because she used to go out and I would wake up and she wasn't in bed no more. So, I, re- I remember sitting outside the bed, and I was like, Mommy, where you at? Come home. And I remember God saying, you know, Jasmine. Like, he was he was trying to talk to me. And as a child, I cried louder. Because I said, I do not want to listen to this person. Because I know what they're about to tell me. I knew. I can't remember word for word what God was going to say to me that night. But I remember feeling like he was trying to tell me talk to him. What? I want my mother. I, mean, I didn't understand that as a child. So... You know, I I rejected him. God never rejected me. I rejected him. So, I know um, in these situations, we unknowingly cry out to God, not realizing that this is what he wants. Not realizing we have jump-started our healing process. Um, So, that's pretty much confirming what I said a few minutes ago about how we have to weather the storm to see who we really are like like you, you you don't know how strong you are as a soldier until you actually go to war who you are in basic training is irrelevant if when the test actually comes and you run so when I cried out to God he heard me and responded right away he took me on a journey of healing that ultimately taught me how to celebrate myself I was led to so many self-help videos that spoke directly to me he helped me find my roots. He, um, I found my father's side. Anybody that knows me knows that's that was that was that was some, that was some work right there. Cause I was looking for a long time. My mother was going going on me because I wanted to know who he was. And honestly, I don't know my father. Um, from what I hear, I hear great things. He probably wasn't perfect. I'm not perfect, but I truly appreciate knowing my father and knowing my paternal side. Um, it's, it, it truly is a blessing from God. But um, you know he led me to my roots. He showed me my potential. Like I wrote a book this year. I took my butt to school. I've always been um someone that enjoyed learning. And as a child, I was I was never apologetic about being knowledgeable or being a smart young woman. So it was very disappointing that I didn't have that support system to um, encourage me to further pursue my education. But again, God reminded me, you don't need all those people when you have me, me to empower you. So. God himself stayed in my ear telling me I was worthy. And that, that really is what that was the most pivotal part of my healing process and helping me see my work. God being reassured and telling me, keep going, you can do this, you got this. I'm your grace. That that's what saved my life, I think. The love God gave me and the love he sent me restored my energy and it, it really just forced me to um get stronger. Um strong enough to allow myself to just be. I never could do that a year ago. Like, if I cried, I would probably stop talking to you because you saw me crying, and I'm not supposed to cry. I'm supposed to be a robot. If you saw me get angry, I would probably be on the brink of wanting to move to another state because you shouldn't have saw that. Like, that's, that's how much of a robot I became not having, um, being told that it's okay for me to be a human and just simply be, I just, I I forgot about those things, and you think they're nothing now, until they come back to bite you, and you're feeling numb, and you have no emotion, you can't smile, you can't laugh, you can't enjoy anything, these, that that has everything to do with you not celebrating yourself, and acknowledging your own feelings, um, I never could allow myself to be applauded, if a person gave me praise, I practically want to throw up, because it's like, that's not what I, I'm not used to that, I'm used to criticism, And, you know, I've gotten better with it. My aunt, oh, my God, she was praising me the other day on Zoom. Shout out to you, Aunt Muriel. That was so beautiful. I just, I don't know how to take you guys. You guys are such, I mean, I'm sure you guys aren't perfect. I'm not perfect. But just hearing you guys say such beautiful things about me, so encouraging. Like, everybody, not just Aunt Muriel, but um, things Chantel has said to me, things that everybody has said to me, is just like, dang, like, these people really like me. And it's and it's, it, it, it 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 trust me like it's it's appreciated because um I didn't get that a lot and that's not that's not to say it as a crutch because ain't nobody no victim but I'm just saying um it took me a long time to you know mother and nurture myself but I started by taking slow and long hot baths. You know, I said, you know, nice things to myself. I used to, you know, the other day I, I was watching a video and the lady said, take your arm right now. I say, I love you. I said, okay, I love you arm. I love you, but I love you back. I love you neck. I love you face. And like, it really made the difference. And, you know, today is the 13th right now. Oh, it's the 14th. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> so, you know, yesterday was the 13th and I took myself on a date. Because I used to have anxiety, like, leading up to my birthday, because I knew people were going to, like, overlook me and blow me off. So I used to hate, really, I hated my birthday coming, because I'm like, oh my god, like, not only do I have to celebrate myself, but people aren't going to celebrate me, and I don't understand how to do that. So I used to, like, dread the day coming, and now, you know, um, I got the nerve to just take myself shopping. Uh, I went to a spa, oh my god, they had the uh, soundscapes playing, I got a really nice pedicure, she gave me a great foot massage, um, I bought me some aromatherapy products, uh, I mean, I really just treated myself today, and it really made the difference, like, I was feeling so good, and like, I was sober the entire time, um, that was another worry, I was like, oh my god, can I really, you know, because my birthday is a trigger, so I'm like, can I really pursue my birthday sober, well, guess what, it's, it's November 14th, 12.03 12.03 a.m., and I am sober. So, you know, praise God for that. But I used to have so much anxiety leading up to my birthday because it was always a blunt reminder I didn't matter, but the devil is alive. The fact that I'm still here today, like, like think about it. If I'm nothing, this song that God has put in my heart right now, it wouldn't even be. It, like, if, if it touches no one tonight, it's going to touch one person. And the fact that I was willing to sacrifice this part of me, for other people, other things, to play it safe, it's an insult to what God stands for. Everything I say on here, even if it's taboo, even if it's, you know, maybe ice to your ears, like you never heard it before, it there is a message from God in it somewhere. The question is, are you going to shoot me down the messenger because I don't have a traditional background? That's on you. That's not my job to figure out, but you get what I'm saying. But, um this year is just so different. Like something said, celebrate yourself. You work so hard. You um, stood a lot of spiritual attacks this year. Like this was the first year, I guess you can say I was the equivalent of a sucker. I, 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 I had hush spirit all this year and Lord knows I wanted to fight, argue, slap people out on the job. But God told me to catch the hush spirit. I did it this year. And I'm telling you, I see a difference in my growth, who I am as a woman. And once again, praise to God. This year, I'm an author. I've enrolled in school by April 2021. I will be graduated. Um, my podcast is thriving. My business is growing. I have a healthy relationship with God and my kids. So, and more importantly, I love me. Like I'm starting to really dig who I am as a person. And I can't help but once again acknowledge God because without God, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be whole. I wouldn't be bold and courageous. I would still be that little simple girl playing the safe, afraid of what people would say. I'm not afraid of what people would say because guess what? Them people can't put you over their knee and spank you like you grown. So like, once you realize that, you you will get a clear path to do just about anything you want. And I'm still talking, but I'm looking outside too because I'm in the car, and it's always a raccoon or a possum out when I'm on when I'm in the car trying to record. But whatever, stay on task, Jerris. Um, what was even special about this was that, um, I brought it in sober, like I said, that was the main thing that I appreciate. I brought it in sober because just two years ago, I was hospitalized for practically overdosing, and here I am celebrating myself. And bam, I thought this was going to be like an hour long segment, it's only 30 minutes of your time, so that's just about it, y'all. Like, in order to celebrate yourself, and I'm saying celebrate yourself not just because it's my birthday. But because you're going to have your birthday, holidays are coming, special occasions are coming, a lot of y'all are going to graduate, a lot of y'all are going to get promoted, a lot of y'all are coming into some finances, a lot of y'all are going to do great things soon. Going to have great things happen to you. A lot of you are going to um, find new talents, new gifts. Enjoy that. If you have Debbie Downers in your circle, ask someone out. I don't care if y'all 30 years in, I don't care if y'all 5 years in, Axe them out. Like, nothing but good vibes only at all times. Like, I have, you know, made some changes in my circle. It ain't personal, but I want to breathe. I want to be able to get up in the morning and make a mistake and not have to worry about this person making slight jabs at me because I made this mistake. I want to get up in the morning and say, you know what? Yesterday wasn't a good day, but God told me I could get o- I can start over again. I can keep going. God, matter of fact, God told me that wasn't working for you, Jes. So let's reroute this plan. Let's let's sit down and try something different. That's God. That's how you know somebody in your life means you well and wants you to go on to not just celebrate yourself, but to celebrate others and do great things. So let me know what you think. Do you know how to celebrate yourself? Are you surprised to hear that there's a full blueprint on how to celebrate yourself? Do you already do it? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. And thank you so much for listening.